Today on CityCast Philly, it's the Friday News Roundup. We're talking about how a state representative's recent public outburst could impact his political future and why the mayor wants to bring city workers back to the office. It's Friday, February 16th. I'm Trinina Ree, and here's what Philly's talking about. Joining me this week is Mike Donofrio, reporter at Axios Philadelphia. Hey, Mike. Hey, great to be here. Thanks for the invite. And Jake Bloomgart, real estate reporter for the Philadelphia Inquirer. Hey, Jake. Hey there. How are you? Good. Okay. For this week's icebreaker, we're going to talk about what's the most Philly thing we saw on social media this week. I'll go first. So, I love the content that comes from the IG account WTTW podcast. And they usually have like, they usually post funny memes about life in Philly and the burbs. It's just really funny. Anyway, this week they posted a TikTok from someone's account. Their name is Moisturized Mommy, who was walking in the snow. And remember, we had that short snowstorm on Tuesday, random, and then by By three o'clock, it was all gone. Anyway, she's frustrated and she asks this. I thought that fucking beaver saw, didn't see his shadow and said spring was coming early. What the fuck is this? Yeah, I need to fire Gus. Enough is enough. (laughs) I lost it because she's right. Now, she's kind of right because... Gus is actually a groundhog, um, but Gus is the mascot for the Pennsylvania Lottery, and Phil is the groundhog that helps determine if we'll get early spring or not. So, yeah, Moisturized Mommy is uh, absolutely correct because Gus does need to be fired because he's never let me win the Mega Millions, the Powerball, or the Pick 3 or Pick 4. So, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) What's the most Philly thing y'all saw on social media this week, Jake? Um, well, I have to give a shout out to a article that some colleagues of mine did about why Philly has such low marriage rates, essentially, which stirred a lot of uh, commentary on Twitter. Yes, I saw that article. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so largely because a lot of the people quoted in it said some pretty uh, spicy things about why they're still on the dating scene. But yeah, uh, I think it's just uh, actually a pretty uh, interesting kind of study of why folks in the city are still very single. Yes. And uh, we'll have a link to that article in our show notes. Mike, what about for you? What's the most Philly thing you saw on social media this week? I don't know. There, there, was a, there were a lot of things. I, I really enjoyed the, the Rocky statue. Someone putting the sign up there that, you know, Jason Kelsey uh, hold me like a baby. That was great on Valentine's Day. But right, I think they the, put a diaper on on Rock. I don't know how. Yeah, I don't know how they did that, but yeah. <laughs> so they, I don't know, maybe they were a, they're a parent, so they have experience. There's, that's a possibility. But I think the most Philly thing was seeing the uh, that trolley, right? That that septa trolley that that is decorated. The love trolley, right? Yes, that's decorated. I've seen love that it. on 63rd Street, and I always tell my kids, look, look, look out the window, look out the window, look at the trolley, and it's just it brings so much joy. But I mean, it's not helping because a lot of Philly people are. <laughs> single and frustrating. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get into some of the top stories of this week. Mike, let's start with you. Democratic State Representative Kevin Boyle, who represents the Northeast and parts of Montgomery County, was seen in a video that's been circulating online 
where he's yelling at staff in a bar. Can you describe what you saw in the video? Yeah, so it's, it's about three minutes long. I think it happened last week. And if you'd like to go to the bar, it's in, it's in Montgomery County. I think it's in Rockledge. It's called Gall & Co. Malt House. Seems like a great establishment. But anyway, state rep Kevin Boyle was there. And he's just seen on tape berating and yelling at people who, you know, patrons, guests, and staff, it appears. And he's he's cursing. He he appears intoxicated. And some of the things he said were, you know, he'll he'll close this bar down. He used some other language as well that we might not be able to use, but, uh, and, you know, screaming that, you know, this bar is done as some, uh, what appears to be staff members asking him to leave. Mm. Have there been calls for him to resign because of this? I haven't seen anything. I reached out to the democratic leadership and they put a statement out that basically said that he's, you know, he's seeking help and that he has sought help in, in the past. So it's, they're not condemning him. They're not calling on him re- to resign, which I think is huge, especially in an election year. But no, I haven't seen anybody else call for his resignation, you know, within the Democratic leadership. Has Boyle said anything about the incident? I called him a few times at at his office and I haven't heard back, so. Mm -hmm. And you just mentioned this, and I also read this in your article, that this isn't his first time experiencing a public outburst. Right. So a couple of things. He he kind of has a, a little bit of a history. Back in 2021, he was ar- uh, ch- arrested and charged with harassment and violation of protection from abuse order from his wife. Long story short, he was sidelined by his fellow Democrats in the state house, lost, I think, a couple uh, leadership positions on some committees. And then, you know, I think the most notable thing was the former governor, Tom Wolf, called for his resignation at the time. But then, the, you know, the charges were eventually dropped and he was elected again in 2022. So and now he's up for election again this year. And Mike, you did mention this before. This is an election year. What do these scandals mean for his chances of keeping his seat? Does he have any challengers? All right. So a couple of things here. One, he's an incumbent. Huge. He's he's held the seat since 2021. He's from a, a politically powerful family, right? His his brother is uh, a sitting uh, congressman representing parts of Philly. I, I'm sure Jake remembers former councilman Bobby Heenan when he was indicted in, in 2019 and he was up for re-election. He, he ran for re-election. I don't think any Democrat opposed him and he, he cruised to victory, right? So, you know, you're an incumbent, whether you're indicted or not. And, and just to be sure, state rep Kevin Boyle is not indicted. He is not charged with anything. It was just this video. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, scandals or no, it seems that if you're an incumbent, it, it, it's a pretty powerful um, box to check. Uh, but for him, it could not have come probably at a worse time because it is an election year and he does have at least one challenger. The state website is saying that he has at least one, Sean Doherty, again, another uh, powerful family, the Doherty family. And so he's related to John Doherty, who's been you know, a very powerful labor leader in the city, charged and convicted on some corruption charges and embezzlement, things like that. So uh, and then I'm pretty sure he's the, um, Sean Doherty is the son of a state Supreme Court justice. Again, so what does that mean? One, that you got connections. And two, that you'll most likely be able to put up a pretty big uh, primary fight. You can check out Mike's article in Axios Philadelphia. We'll have a link in our show notes. More news in and around Philly after the break. This is CityCast Philly. Shifting gears, Jake, from your reporting, Mayor Sherelle Parker is considering having more in-office days for city workers. Can you explain to us more about her plan? 
So we don't know the full contours of her plan yet, um, but she did say to me uh, in a statement that they're interested in bringing the municipal workforce back five days a week, that they will kind of like release the details of this in the weeks to come. And, you know, the reasoning behind this, I think she has got a couple things. One is that, you know, they would really like to see uh, more private sector workers come back to the office a little more often. And right now, the city's policy is essentially that you have to be back in the office two days a week, but it's very much department to department. You know, I've talked to a lot of municipal workers. Some of them are in two days a week, but it's very loosely enforced. Others are in three days a week. Some have been back five days a week already. It's really all depends on the department. The quote that, Jake, you have in your article is, this is from Mayor Parker. Philadelphia can only truly say we are open for business when all of our workers are back in the office Monday through Friday. I mean, how do people feel about going back to the back to the office? They are extremely unhappy with this news. Right, um, right. I mean, you know, it may be it's probably somewhat of a biased sample size because the people who have reached out to me are probably the people who are going to be the most annoyed. But still, I like haven't heard from anyone who's like, oh, boy, I love this plan. It's mostly all, all, the points that have been brought up to me a lot are one, they find it very frustrating uh, that they would be being called back to the office to essentially you know, be like little pawns on a chessboard where they're going to be kind of brought back to Center City more often to essentially boost the revenues of like restaurants and like make it easier for uh, commercial office building owners to uh, fill their cubicles. Uh, And they're like, that's not our job. Our job is not to like rescue downtown. Our job is to provide essential services and we can do that perfectly fine from home three days a week. Mm-hmm. And especially, of course, there's like all these issues with like childcare and taking care of your elderly parents and just having the flexibility to work from home is obviously, as many people have learned in the last four years, a huge advantage. And many of the people I've talked to have essentially said, if I can't get that from the city, then I'm going to look for it somewhere else. You know, they already are having some recruitment challenges. It's a very tight labor market. Uh, Unemployment is extremely low. You know, I've heard it's a little less competitive to hire out there right now. But, you know, we're still seeing thousands of vacancies in in the municipal workforce. So bring people back five days a week, which very few companies are doing if you have a computer job. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an important caveat there because, you know, like sanitation, you know, streets, these guys aren't working from home. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I'd be interested to know, like, how many city workers actually are because I thought a lot of city council members were bringing their, their staff back kind of as like a show of support. Yeah, but that's like they've got like 10 people in their offices. Yeah. They're, the, the water department is much bigger than that and <laughs> has a lot more workers. And those are all just, as an example, people who could be much more highly compensated in the private sector where they would not have to go into the office uh, or not have to go into the office very often. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, I've talked to some people in the water department and they've told me that they are getting recruitment messages from uh, people on LinkedIn who are reaching out to them being like, hey, we see the city is going to make you come back into the office five days a week. Oh, that's messy. (laughs) Maybe you'd like uh, to make more money over here. Right, right, right. I mean, let's talk about really like 
the impact of having workers in Center City downtown. You might not see this during rush hour or during lunchtime, but it doesn't seem as busy as it once was before the pandemic. So, I mean, I'm just thinking about the area businesses, transportation, things like that. Jake, like, what kind of impact is there of having workers downtown? I mean, the impacts are huge. I can't remember the exact numbers off the top of my head, but uh, essentially the foot traffic in Center City is still somewhere around 17, 18, somewhere percent in there less than it was in 2019. And that's not because of uh, really tourists who are, uh, as I recall, almost back, you know, 100%, if not above their 2019 levels. Many more people are, are, are actually live in Center City now than they did in 2019. But the number of office workers is still like much, much lower than it used to be. And that's a huge part of the reason why SEPTA has seen its ridership plunge. I mean, I even think of this for myself. I you know, used to go into the office every day and I used to ride SEPTA many times a week. Now I don't go into the office as much and I ride SEPTA radically less. All right. Well, we'll see how this all unfolds. Um, You can read more about Jake's reporting on this issue. We'll have a link in our show notes. That's Jake Bloomgard, real estate reporter at the Philadelphia Inquirer, and Mike Donofrio, reporter at Axios Philadelphia. Thank you both so much for joining me on CityCast Philly. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for having us. It's time for the tip of the week, where we share a life hack for living in Philly. Applications are open for the Educational Nominating Panel. This group sends names of qualified candidates to the mayor, who will then appoint members for the Board of Education of the School District of Philadelphia. The school board members oversee all major education policies and budgets and financial decisions for the school district, among other duties. Applications are due Friday, February 23rd at 11.59 p.m. We'll have a link with more information in our show notes. If you have a tip of the week, we'd love to hear from you. Call or text us at 215-259-8170. That's all for today here on CityCast Philly. Our executive producer is Laura Benchall. Our producer is Abby Fritz. Our Hey Philly newsletter editors are Asha Fruhar and Natalia Aldana. And our host is me, Trine Nuri. Music is by Philly's own Interminable, with additional music from All the Kimonos and James Weldon. If you enjoyed this week of episodes, tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter, Hey Philly. We'll be back Tuesday morning because we'll be observing President's Day. But when we come back, there's more news from around the city. Have a great weekend and be safe, y'all. Bye.